to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I am Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. I'm also a daughter who had a mother who lived with dementia for 30 years, uh, thus the change in careers. Never saw myself in this space, and now I can't ever see myself leaving it. Um, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. And we also help companies expand their brand footprint by leveraging our platforms and content to increase access to products, services, tools, and to people in need. And I also want to um, just thank our audience because your loyalty has been um, incredible to Alzheimer's Speaks. You see, every time you like and click and share our content, you are pushing it out to your sphere and there's somebody in your sphere that's pushing it out to somebody else. And you have really raised our, our name brand in our profile and made us kind of a, a trusted resource for both families and professionals. And for that, I, I thank you. And I also want to share the recognitions that we've gotten from, from your likes, your clicks and your shares. Um, just this uh, January, Oprah recognized us as a health hero. Um, Maria Schreiber um, previously had acknowledged us as an architect of change. And Dr. Oz, um, back in 2012, recognized us as the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's. And again, those, those things happen because we all worked as a team to shift our dementia care culture. And I, I so appreciate that. I also want to invite you to be a guest on our show. You see, we talk to everybody, people who have dementia, families, businesses, authors, musicians, movie directors, researchers. Everyone's voice is important to be heard, and we would love to help raise what, it, what your thoughts are and what you're doing um, to make this world a little better place. So please reach out to me. You can go to alzheimerspeaks.com and just click on the big contact button and you can call me or you can uh, shoot me an email from there or mail me a letter if you'd like. Uh, so please keep that in mind. Now before I get started with our conversation today, which we're going to be focusing on some really cool technology, I always like to give a shout out to a few companies that I just adore and I think uh, their voice needs to be raised so that more people can tap into them. Uh, one is Calendar Cards, which is a memory system, and uh, you can check them out by going, actually, I'm going to shoot you not to their main site, but to one that people ask about all the time, and that's the Memory Cafe directory. Um, Calendar Cards has put together a fabulous directory for memory cafes. So if you are looking for one in your area, or maybe you have created one and you want to get listed go to memorycafedirectory.com and from there you'll be able to get to calendar cards, that memory system and calendar and cards are both with A's, not C's. I also wanna give a shout out to the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. Uh, they are just a wonderful holistic company doing brilliant work um, with food and exercise and meditation. And you can check them out at alzheimersprevention.org. Again, that's alzheimersprevention.org. And then um, last, I want to um, just give a shout out to a really cool new app and program called Purple Table Reservations. Um, this is a gal whose mom had dementia, who owned a restaurant, who now has a, a training program in place, has developed an app to be able to find dementia-friendly restaurants in their area. Um, it's, it's super cool. You call in and just say that you want a purple table and they will, you know, seat you in a better location. Maybe 
better lighting, um, less noise, uh, noise, um, and a staff who understands what your needs are without ever having to, to say anything and simplified menus. So um, you can check them out at purpletables.com. Again, purpletables.com. Now today we are going to be having a fun conversation about a new tablet called Birdsong. And so we are lucky to have with us Benjamin Uncle, um, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Westminster Canterbury of Chesapeake Bay and also Senior Options LLC. Um, under Ben's leadership, the WCCB formed a partnership with two colleges to conduct a series of rigorous academic studies regarding the impact of increased engagement via technology. Um, and they wanted to see how mood and mind were affected of, uh, with people who had dementia. And these studies are known as the Birdsong Initiative. Um, and this initiative actually um, earned the WCCB recognition by leading age, which is, for those of you who don't know, is our National Senior Living Provider Association. Uh, back in 2016, they got the Excellence in Research Education Award. So congratulations, Ben, and welcome. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having us. We'd love, we'd love to get the word out about what we can do to uh, help people living with dementia and avoid it in the first yeah. place wherever we can. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, I, we have your sidekick with you here today, too, Aisha um, Azur, and she is the coordinator of the Birdsong Initiative, and she earned her BS in biology and her master's on healthcare administration in Iowa State. Um, she was engaged in active research collecting and compiling and analyzing data um, and research uh, analytics for this project. And um, I'm just very excited to talk with, with both of you. So welcome, Aisha. Thank you, so excited to be here. Well, great. Um, before we dive into um, product talk and um, the services that you have, I always like to ask um, my guests one question, just because we are dementia and caregiving um, related. And so I'm going to throw the question out to Ben first, and that is, Ben, have you been personally touched by dementia in your circle of family or friends? I have. My godfather and uh, uncle uh, passed away from Lewy body's disease, and he had the progressive dementia that got worse and worse and went through all of the difficult stages of that, the paranoia and the hallucinations. And in fact, you know, some of the drugs that were prescribed, um, he had adverse reaction to, so he couldn't even control it well with some of the um, standard medications that may um, help one slip away slower and so uh it was a pretty ugly process and then my mother-in-law uh didn't have as ugly a process but um passed away from parkinson's disease and um none of those are pretty by the way but as we all know and she had progressive dementia but she was in a life plan community and she had greater care my aunt um, struggled with it at home for many years longer than she probably should have so I've seen it twice up close. Okay, great. How about you, Aisha? Um, I have not actually had a family member who's had dementia. So my exposure to dementia has been at Westminster Canterbury. So I've seen residents here um, cope with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. But personally, I have not seen that in my family. Okay, well, lucky you. Let's hope that stays that way. <laughs> With the numbers, it's, uh, you know, most of us uh, figure we're probably going to be touched sooner or later with it, but um, we can definitely be hopeful. Ben, I, I would like to um, start with you and just ask if you can explain what the Birdsong tablet actually is. Sure, if you think about it, um, when you're in a closed environment, uh, like, I mean, one analogy is sort of the 
airplane seat. You know, you're going across the Atlantic for five hours and you've got that touchscreen in front of you and you've got games and movies and things that can entertain you. Um, the Birdsong tablet is a way to bring a really deep, varied uh, host of applications and videos and music and learning opportunities, a um, whole set of infotainment uh, programs on a simple interface touchscreen to people who might otherwise have difficulties operating smaller screens with small icons and to present that to them in a way that engages them so that they're propelled to want to experience and do more and they can find that magic bit of entertainment that connects them back to their youth or uh, piques their interests or their hobbies um, so that they keep engaging their mind. And um, all of the studies show uh, that, you know, it's not only use it or lose it, and originally I thought of this as more of a preventative tool, but it's use it and regain it or use it or slow it down at least. And anything we can do to stop the speed of the progression of the disease or take a positive curve upward for a time is worth doing. So we looked at it as, okay, we know the basic research says engaging the brain is what keeps it healthy in addition to drops in depression, uh, improvements in mood and all the rest and happiness by being entertained versus bored. But we know loneliness, social isolation, inactivity is the enemy. Now that computers are so cheap and touch tablets are so inexpensive, what can we do to bring great engaging content, a lot of it, but not have a hard complex interface so that people could connect with the content ideas and opportunities and connection points and video chat with family and all the rest to um, have a window to the world, even if their health circumstances or their cognitive abilities uh, confine them otherwise. How can we expand their opportunities to use their mind and their brain in fun ways, which as we know from all the research also keeps it healthier longer. That was the driving mission. Okay. And what, uh, what made you guys go down this path? How did you, how did you, you know, come up and say, let's do something with technology? What, what urged you on? Was there yeah, here, yeah, here's the story. Um, so I was reading a lot of literature about uh, brain health and neuroplasticity. And we had several speakers come to our campus. We're a life plan community, so we have all three levels of care. 80% of our residents are healthy, independent, senior living resort-style residents. And then we have assisted living when they need that in nursing care. And one of the speakers at one of our marketing luncheons was a neuro, uh, uh, neuroscientist, neuropsychologist, who talked about neuroplasticity and the fact that if you use the brain, it can develop new pathways and channels to uh, replace some functions. And he talked about the progression of dementia and what you can do to prevent it and ward it off. And 70% of what causes dementia, 70% is determined by lifestyle and 30% by your genes. And so I began thinking, you know, gosh, this is really important to get as many wellness programs as we can to avoid the fate of my uncle and my mother-in-law. And around that time, I went to a conference and saw this other computer product based on a Windows machine that was mainly used in group therapy sessions that had music that people like, sing-alongs, jigsaw puzzles, uh, videos, um, uh, word games, and uh, it just struck me, it just hit me as I was watching this guy present. He had been working in this field for about 10 years that, oh my gosh, this is the answer, and you know, it is not too late at the later stages to also introduce these kinds of programs once you're at the assisted living or the nursing home level of care um, to entertain and uh, help rejuvenate a little bit or slow the progression of the disease. This makes a lot of sense. It's got to be big icons, big buttons, simple to run, and content they like. So I saw it and I said, Jack, are you getting uh, this product widely adopted. This fits with everything I'm reading about neuroplasticity. It should be everywhere. He says nobody will pay for it. Um, you know, they all wait for a gift or something like that. And uh, so we find we get one or two machines for group use and that's about it. I said, well, have you ever tested it academically 
to make the business case around it. And he said, now they had been able to secure the funds I received. And we, we recruited and got a donor, the Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Birdsong, to fund a $260,000 academic study with a medical school, a local college, and us to test what would it be like if we took 33 of these very expensive Windows-based machines and put it at people's bedsides at the nursing uh, center level of care and then later at assisted living level of care so that they were available 24-7 so that they could use it to explore the things they like to do when they like to do it. Would it make a difference? And we found out it really did. Um, we saw a 50% decrease in rates of depression on the geriatric depression scale. Now that's worth it all by itself. Wow. I mean, if you've got all these things going on in your life and you're depressed, something that entertains and lifts your mood, I contend is worth it all by itself. But the other thing that we saw that was uh, so interesting and intriguing to us is that 100% of the study participants continued to age, of course. And during that period of time, they saw an increased cognition of about 7%. Um, and their cognitive abilities. And so it was doing what we thought. They were using it a lot. Um, and the AIDS would prompt them because it made the AIDS job easier. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's got to be simple to operate. So it's simple to operate for both the residents and the uh, CNAs, the certified nursing assistants who were there helping the caregivers. And once they were bought in, it was just, it was it was magic. I mean, they would help prompt somebody. So if, let's say, uh, Mrs. Smith is agitated in the morning, and the classic training, of course, is to redirect. Um, but let's say Mrs. Smith is very agitated about getting dressed. In the push of two buttons, they could pull up a laughing baby video. Now, I defy anybody to wear a frown while watching a good laughing baby video for <laughs> 10 or 20 seconds. And by the time that's over, they're in a good mood, and they've forgotten what they were upset about. And um, so the tool itself made caregiving much easier. And then, of course, there have been all kinds of studies and documentaries about the power of music to connect at a deeper level, music from your youth, and how that tends to be one of the last things to go on a real connection point in restoring someone's personhood and, and waking up and, and having uh, recovering some memories and all the rest. So. Um, so we found out that it worked, and then unfortunately, um, we hoped that we would see increases in technology and volume discounting and all of that, but uh, the machines were just too expensive on this Windows platform, and um, only six families out of our uh, 85 in our nursing center would pay the cost of the technology. It was about $111 a month, even though they loved it. Um, and so we worked with a French partner who had been doing hospital bedside flat screen infotainment to modify their product. And we were able to get the cost down to $18 per bed per month. Now that's uh, cheaper than the uh, uh, apartment rate for cable TV. I was going to um, say, yeah. So, <laughs> so that, that, that was the key, the key hurdle I was convinced and am convinced for widespread adoption is just basically affordability. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're willing to build a business model on low prices, simple content or simple interface and premium rich content. Um, and I think that'll cause widespread adoption. And um, as long as it sustains itself, I'm happy. Uh, but I've seen a lot of good market reaction to this. And in fact, every time we have a newspaper article or a spot on this, we get a lot of calls from people at home saying, I want this for my mother or my dad at home. And so now we're working with our French partners to get a home-based version of this um, tablet that operates off of the cloud and is independent of um, the IT structure on any senior living campus. And we hope to have that by the end of the summer, if not sooner. So I think there's a lot of need for entertainment and fun. This infotainment concept, it's doing good while you're enjoying it. It's doing good for your brain while you're having fun, engaging and working with these different things and exploring these different topics. And I think that's a blessing both for the person suffering with dementia and for the caregivers. 
it was it was interesting when we moved the tablets over to assisted living to do the second phase of the study at assisted living. The nurses and the CNAs in our nursing center protested, and they started trying to write it into care plans that oh he would do much better if we brought the birdsong tablet back. We need the birdsong tablet. <laughs> um, so it, it was clearly making the caregiver's job easier. Now that's important to me for a number of reasons. One. The best place to work will be the best place to live because as all of your listeners know, there's a race for talent out there and we do not have enough kind, great hearts um, who are in the caregiving business as this um, tsunami comes and hits us unless we find a cure for this. Uh, There are a lot of people who are going to need caregiving and so if you can make the caregiver's job easier... And I think about all those well spouses out there who are struggling taking care of people. And if um, they get a diversion, I guess, you know, today's equivalent when my kids were young and I had three in a row that were spaced by about a year apart. Um, thank God for Disney movies. You know, I gave you a respite <laughs> occasionally. So if somebody, you know, enjoys playing with this tablet and it gives the caregiver a respite, oh my gosh, what a relief that can be. Yep, definitely. Now, um, Aisha, you worked a lot with gathering the data and doing the research. Is there is there anything um, that stands out um, regarding the research that you'd like to share with us? Um, apart from everything Ben has mentioned, we also saw the biggest increase we saw was increase in quality of life. And that was a six-fold increase. Um, that measured psychological well-being and that to me was very remarkable that how residents were just so much happier and um, their quality of life increased. We also saw a decrease in systolic blood pressure and to me that indicated that they're less stressed out. Um, That's why their blood pressure is decreasing and these assessments were given to residents before and after and we had a control group who did not have a tablet to compare to as well. Um, And to see these remarkable, uh, statistically significant differences in blood pressure, depression, quality of life, um, caregiver stress, and in cognition, all of these really stood out to me as that this tablet is making a difference in their lives. And then there were things that you can't really measure, but we heard from staff and family members about how big of an impact it was having. Um, And we get testimonies regularly from residents telling us that it's brought more meaning to their life and they're able to connect with content and engage with content that is meaningful to them that they identify with. And so there are some things um, you can't measure. One of them is, in my opinion, would be the level of happiness that you see in residents and um, their testimonies that come back to us. Those would be my key findings. Okay. Well, those are all really powerful pieces of data. Um, And it's nice that you incorporated, you know, that whole quality of life Um, aspect because I think a lot of times people don't always talk about that and yet it's the number one thing when you talk to anyone with a chronic illness that they want Um, you know they they want things to be as back to normal as possible they want to feel part of their community and and back in relationship and um, have have the outlets to be able to engage with and so uh, that's fantastic um, that you know, six six times up in in terms of the well-being, um, that's just fabulous. That's absolutely fabulous with that. Yeah, and that, and and that was based on uh, uh, the Affect Balance Scale, which is an evidence-based uh, tool. And um, you're right, you're right. I should have pointed that out. That was the best finding in the whole study. She's right. <laughs> Well, it's, um, they're all, um, you know, all the stats that you you gave out were really, really impressive. And the cost, I can't believe um, how how you were able to get that done. Because I mean, I talked to a lot of tech companies, and that is their number one thing, 
is trying to get the cost down uh, for the access, um, you know, to to their technology. And, and $18 a month, you know, to reduce your blood pressure and reduce uh, depression and increase your cognition and, you know, just your overall feeling, feeling of well-being, you know, that's a couple cups of coffee. <laughs> you know, that's a... $18, that's, a, that's a, a great, great deal. Now, let me ask you this. One, one thing I wanted to point out with, uh, with the hardware and the machinery that we found important, too, that was a barrier that forced us to create this product is that those tech companies who were willing to help with an in-room solution would only do it with 10-inch tablets. We call this a tablet because it's a flat screen and a touch screen and you operate it with your finger, which is what most people think of as a tablet. Mm -hmm. But um, we found it really, really important for residents and people suffering with dementia to have at least 18 inches. 35% of the people couldn't operate a smaller 10-inch screen. So having that larger screen is also a fact I wouldn't want to leave your listeners uh, not understanding. And the costs, of course, of Android big screens are dropping all the time. Um, and so that's what makes it newly affordable um, in the past year or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those will just continue to drop, I'm sure. Um, it's kind of amazing to think of what we paid for them in the beginning <laughs> to where they are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but it's kind of like the cell phones and everything else. Um, you know, where things are at there. And the, the larger only makes sense, you know, because um, dexterity and stuff dwindles a little bit as we age and um, our eyesight, all of those things. I, you know, I'm pushing um, 60 myself and, and I know I need a lot more light and, <laughs> my, you know, I, it, things are changing and that's just part of aging. And so uh, I think that that was wise that you, you realize the importance of that. Uh, to be effective because dealing with something smaller um, that isn't as easy to operate could deter people a from using it and b um, increase frustration of here's another thing that I can't do uh, so you, you empowered people by by going that other route well watching people go through it they don't need another thing in their life that causes frustration mm-hmm. they'll shove it aside if it causes frustration they need yeah. something that's fun to use. So speaking of empowerment, mm-hmm. speaking of empowerment, that was one of another key finding we saw from our residents and staff. Um, residents, when they were able to make decisions and bring up the content that they wanted to engage with on their own, they felt empowered. And that empowerment um, impacted other aspects of their lives. Um, our director of nursing one time told us that there was a resident who felt so empowered that she said, I, I'm going to get up and walk now. Um, we didn't let her walk. She wasn't able to, but that's the emotional impact it had on residents. Wow. I, and, and I can see that. I can, I can totally see that. What kind of feedback did you, did you get from families watching maybe their loved one um, utilize the, the bird song tablet. Um, well, when we did the studies, they loved it and they were kind of angry with us when we had to move them on to the, away from the nursing center to assisted living to do the next study. And uh, several of them filmed testimonials saying, you know, please, I hope it comes back. I want one for myself. I want one for my mom. You know, I want one for, you know, anyway, please bring them back. And then we did it cost mm-hmm. at the raw cost. It was still too much. Six of the families did buy one and use it uh, at that higher cost. And um, that's when we said, gosh, with the best commercial in the world, if only six of our 85 nursing center level families can afford this or feel like they want to pay that for it, we have got to smash the price barrier because it was clear that some people were, people were yearning for it back, mm-hmm. but they weren't willing to pay the cost of it. And so we said, gosh, we know it works. Now we have a moral obligation to figure out, even if we have to enter the market, which this is not our core business, mm-hmm. uh, we're a senior living provider. 
But even if we have to enter the market with a partner, we've got to figure out this price barrier. Well, I'm glad that you have. Now, um, <clears throat> with this, the bird sign, you guys use it in, in your communities. Is this available then to other communities as well? Yeah, we right now we have um, uh, four demo tablets which just recently became available in other communities who saw our launch day, our soft launch about 90 days ago, um, have ordered demo tablets and we have a meeting with the health system tomorrow that has uh, eight nursing homes and over close to a thousand patients and they're interested um, in deploying them. And um, we have some of our residents who have loved it, have talked to other residents in other communities, and those communities are asking us to come demo it. So we're just at the point where our French partners are catching up and able to produce uh, demo tablets and get ready for size and scale. Mm -hmm. So we, and then of course with the home tablet, they'll be in a much better position for greater size and scale. And so um, we're gearing up for something big because the early feedback has been really positive. Okay. Who do you see as your biggest competitors out there right now? Well, there is a product out there that Windows-based product. Um, they don't like me to use their name, so I won't, but um, they asked me not to, but the Windows-based product, and they're great people, by the way. They were our partner in the research study. I love them, and I wish uh, they had been able to develop uh, a solution that was uh, more affordable um, in rooms. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, there are other people who are primarily selling to uh, nursing centers and uh, assisted livings. Um, but I think this other company and ourselves are the only ones that are gearing our content to those with dementia. There are mm -hmm. a lot of people that have a broad-based sort of web portal or a resident portal with you know, what are the activities today or what are the menus features today, which is made for all residents um, of a senior living community. We're, we're the, there are only two that I know of that are really uh, focused on the um, dementia market and having tools that can be used and operated by the person with dementia themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, um talked with a couple of different companies that were looking at developing something like this, but I don't know as of yet if they've actually launched. Uh, <clears throat> and, and, you know, it takes so long to pull, pull everything together and to get the funding. And it's, uh, you know, it's not something that you just do overnight when it comes to. Yeah, and we, we'd, be, we'd be happy if Google or Apple or Bill Gates would take notice. Mm -hmm. and. Um, the more the merrier. My goal is adoption, widespread adoption, because I've seen for myself that it works. And so um, if our entry into the market just got other players to uh, do the same thing, which is rich content that's appropriate for people uh, at a full range of cognitive abilities, not just those at the highest end of cognitive abilities, in a simple interface at an affordable price, the more the merrier, in my opinion. All right, we're, this is not our day job. This is a service for us to uh, get um, these kinds of tools more widely adopted because we know they work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I have a question regarding, um, you know, the subscription fee. Is that per person? So if there's a couple and they both want to use it, do they each need um, their own access? and their own equipment, or can they share a tablet and have two names underneath that with different- Great question. So the, great question. So the subscription fee is to maintain the tablet and the software once it's purchased and to keep the content current and keep the content working. And so it's $18 per bed per month. Um, if you get it through a senior living campus, we're still trying to figure out what our pricing arrangements will be for a home-based tablet. But yeah, the whole idea is that it is, um, when you buy the tablet, you bought the software with it, and then the uh, subscription part is uh, a maintenance fee to keep the software current and all the links working and all the content functioning well. So yes, you can share a tablet. Okay, because I, I was thinking, you know, one of the other benefits to 
to having a system like this is when it can be shared. Now it's, it's a normal thing. It's not just something for somebody with dementia, not a specialty tool. It's, you know, it's a shared resource. And one of the things that I found, you know, through my talks um, around the country and, and, you know, working on dementia-friendly communities and memory cafes and stuff is that is that is such a strong stance and um, such an important piece for people not to feel different but similar, and it just reduces stress yeah. even more. That is a key point. So we designed this tablet where the easiest things are in the upper left to the most complex things in the lower right. Six initial buckets or categories of, of content you can pick on the first screen. But the last bucket or big button is internet. You can go right out to the internet. So this is a machine that's intended to be easy to navigate and to be and to have content in the upper left of every uh, choice screen that's simpler and easier, but plenty of content for those with uh, great cognitive ability. In fact, we just announced a program to have our independent living residents test 30 of these tablets. And when we announced it within a half an hour, it was first come, first serve. Just for a month trial to give us feedback, mm -hmm. uh, we had 12 calls within a half an hour of independent living residents. So this is not, uh, this was never designed to have, I don't know, this is the wrong word, but you, you all will get it out there, the stigma of being a machine only for mm -hmm. uh, people with cognitive difficulties. It's, um, it's, it's, it's content is broad enough that people are entertained at full ranges of cognitive ability. It's just the interface that is simple. And well, it's easy to get to the simplest content first. Well, and that's nice too, because it makes it inter an intergenerational piece. So the, the grandkids and great grandkids can even get involved, you know, with this stuff from all ages. And uh, we were talking about just how the, how it was set up from easy to, to more difficult, I thought, oh, I wish my computer was set up like that. I agree with you many yeah. days. I agree with you. And on the intergenerational thing, let me tell you a story. We had a lady in our uh, nursing center who was 110 and who met her great, great, let me get this straight because it was her uh, granddaughter's grandchild in oh. London through Skype using this machine. And so it is great at connecting families um, uh, and folks that are at a distance. And we have a, a family app that uh, allows the safe sharing of pictures and video calls and all the rest to prompt that. Another cool thing we're doing intergenerationally is we have high school volunteers who are tech buddies who come in and spend time with our residents, showing them new content and new things that they can do with the tablet and the interaction, the excuse for the interaction between uh, those folks is is great. Just a great thing to add um, as a side benefit to having the tablets. Oh, see, and that's that's a wonderful. I love that idea of the tech buddy because I I was just uh, reading some articles the other day and I saw something on the news too about how the younger generation doesn't know how to interact in person as as well as what us older people you know are able to do because we didn't have all this technology when we were younger we had to talk to people you know and and um you know the the texting and the emojis has really taken away from their language abilities um and being able to interpret things and so that's kind of a a cool piece too plus it empowers them to feel useful and smart in terms of helping somebody else out and um, that's a good self-esteem thing, and you know those connections are always are always powerful. Um, getting getting us relationship-based again, I think to me is one of the the most important things. And when people feel confident and comfortable, um, it's just much easier to apply and and have that happen. Um, now, you in your studies and stuff, did you uh, find out what um, population was most at risk for poor brain health? 
um, through, let's say, social isolation and, and boredom. And, and Aisha, I don't know if you know that. And um, unfortunately, it's the older adults who do not live in a community. Um, they're the ones who are at highest risk for social isolation and boredom. People who um, choose to age in, at home. Um, and that's why at Westminster Canterbury, we really value aging in a community. And um, because of that, that's one of the major factors that's driving us to offer the birdsong tablet to those who are living at home. And, um, and uh, many times what ends up happening is that their family members end up taking up a caregiver role. And uh, when we saw that there was a 20 0.4% reduction in caregiver stress in our study, um, we knew that this is something that caregivers would also benefit from, not just uh, residents who are living at home, but their loved ones would benefit from getting a break uh, when their uh, loved one is engaged and happy. Um, and uh, less stressed out caregivers can take better care of their loved ones. That's the one of the most uh, key points that we learned from the study, and what it can, how much we can imply towards care settings outside of Westminster Canterbury. Okay, yeah, twenty-four percent reduction in stress for caregivers. That is huge, huge number. As that well. is huge. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting, too, because I, I think the world's kind of in denial over, you know, your findings of the most at risk are living at home alone. And, you know, I was in um, residential real estate for 25 years, and I saw that over and over and over again. And um, I would encourage people to move into community and, and try to help them see that, you know, they weren't even using sometimes three quarters of their house. You know, they, they really were using a much smaller area, and, and yet many were worried about having to pay bills, so they were turning off heat, and I mean, it was just a really interesting concept, yet it was so important, um, because there's a stigma there that if I leave my house, I'm losing my independence, and for me, I really had to educate people that, you know, people only really move for the, all the same reasons, no matter what stage of life they're in. And that is to improve their life and to make make them more independent. <laughs> and um, and so kind of breaking that down and, and realizing that, yes, you might give something up, but you're going to get so, so much more in the long run. And then when I would go to sell their house, a lot of times they had already moved in. And I would have to get the housing manager to track them down because they were out coffee clutching or, you know, doing some activity. I mean, I could never get a hold of them even to present an offer. <laughs> and um, and would just be, oh my gosh, we can't believe the difference. You know, my mom's back or my dad's back. And, and I think, you know, when we live alone, um, the changes happen slowly and subtly. And we don't even realize what we've lost because we're just creatures of adaption. And then, you know, all of a sudden things change and, you know, and it can be fairly chaotic and, and stressful to make that change. But if people can truly believe that, again, you know, life is all about being as independent as possible. And at different stages of our lives, we need different support and we need different designs and we need different tools and we need different people around us. And that's, that's just part of aging period as a human. And, um, but we don't, have, we don't have those honest conversations sometimes about it. And about. it's the biggest myth in our culture right now about aging. The, the um, American culture is rugged individualism and, you know, a house and two cars and you've paid off your house and you stay in it as long as you can. And so um, people, you're exactly right, are just conditioned to think that way that somehow independence occurs when you're in your house alone. Well, um, isolation occurs when you're in your house alone and eventually 
um, you're on a path to dependence even quicker. They're, the UK just appointed a minister of loneliness. They recognize the problem mm-hmm. um, that much. Uh, I think I read about it in the Times um, in July. And one of the statistics that shocked me in that article, uh, you can Google it, UK Minister of Loneliness, is that social isolation and boredom Hello? Are, are the health equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh. That was shocking to me. And so we were designed uh, or evolved, you know, however you choose to, whatever your worldview is, but we are creatures who are social by nature. Yep. And, you know, people when they're in their first stage of retirement might be okay in the house and then uh, they quit driving at night then they quit driving in the rain and a spouse dies and kids may or may not live in town. And sooner or later, you're a prisoner in that gilded cage that you thought was your trophy house. And it's really the albatross around your neck in terms of healthy aging. And that's why we love to convince people to live in community if they can afford it. And if they can't, for God's sakes, make as much virtual community as you can by having tools around you to be connected and stay connected to ideas and minds and other people. Yeah. And that, that virtual connection is really critical. You know, when I, I stepped into this space about formally 2009 and um, back then there wasn't a lot of, uh, there, there wasn't very many groups, let's say on Facebook regarding dementia and, and caregiving. And there are so many groups that people are, are a part of. And like everything, you've got to test it out and see if it's really the niche for you. And it will change over time because personalities change. But the bonds that are made in those virtual um, realities, those, those virtual communications are unbelievably powerful because people aren't talking about the weather in sports. They're talking about real life issues. They're talking about their struggles and their joys and um, honest feelings, which we typically don't do <laughs> real well. Everyone kind of puts their Stepford face on with their smile and says, oh, yeah, everything's okay, you know, and we don't, we don't go deep. But in, in those communities, people, people are, are, are looking for hope and giving hope. And it's, it's probably one of the most beautiful things I've been involved in, to see those strong connections of support with people that they've never met. And then when they do get an opportunity to meet them, it's like they have been lifelong friends. It's amazing. I agree. We see that kind of renaissance all the time. I mean, and, and so even just with the, the virtual environment, uh, we had a lady... Uh, Carla, the German Hello. lady who had lost her verbal ability, and then uh, she used this talent through this study, and she started to speak again, and she started to speak German, and then she, when her personhood was restored, she wanted to teach her aide how to speak German, and she wanted us to use the tablet to show the cathedral where she was married, and all of that stuff. And people, when they when they reconnect, they become they come alive again, <laughs> and that is so cool to watch whether it's from moving to a solitary house to a community and being on the run and engaged and hard to get on the telephone like your friend that you mentioned at the beginning Lori Mm -hmm. uh, or your clients in the real estate world um, to watching them uh, come alive again by music or brain games and the birdsong tablet it's just that is the most rewarding thing out there. Yeah exactly. Um, Aisha did you have anything that you wanted to add? Um, if anybody's interested in getting more information about the Birdsong Tablet, Westminster Canterbury, we're a great resource, and we love when people come and reach out to us. So if I can, I'd like to share our email address. Sure. And that's just birdsong at wcbay.com. And Birdsong is just spelled as B-I-R-D-S-O-N-G. So if you give us an email, we would love to talk to you. And um, our phone number is 757-496-1161. And that's 757-496-1161. Okay, great. And what is the the website I believe I have down as www.wcbay.com? 
dot com forward slash birdsong tablet. Um, and you've got, right. you've got some great videos out there where people can actually, you know, see what it's like and um, how to use it and some interactions and things as well. So um, please, please check that out. I want to thank you both for, for being on the show with us. And uh, this is a, a fascinating conversation. And it sounds like a tool that is really going to help so, so many people. And we'll be very interested um, when you um, launch the, the in-home individual version um, for people. Because I think that that um, will probably fly off the shelf for you. Uh, people are well, we'll let you know as soon as it's ready. Yeah, yeah, that would thank be. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay, you guys have a great week. In closing up, I'm just going to give a shout out to a couple more um, organizations. Uh, Maria Schreiber's Women's Alzheimer's Movement. I just adore her. Uh, she has the Move for Minds events coming up in June. So you can check that out at thewomensalzheimersmovement.org. Also, she has a, um, a Sunday paper that she does, and I, I'm probably her biggest raving fan, but I love waking up every Sunday morning and reading her paper because she interviews architects of change, and she just has this authentic voice, um, and she is just like everybody's best friend. She is just the most uh, authentic, nice woman, uh, woman that I, I've really met, and um, she's just doing powerful work and raising so many people's voices, and it's just, you know, in a world where things are a little chaotic, um, she brings a sense of calmness, too, so go to the womensalzheimersmovement.org and, uh, and check her out, and then also I want to mention I'm going to be out in Colorado doing a tour out there. I believe I'm out there from June, like, um, 5th through the 10th, and I'll be posting some more information on that, but if you are out in the uh, Fort Collins area, I know for sure I'm going to be there Saturday the 9th um, from like 9 to 11.45. We're going to be talking about living well with, uh, with dementia, and Cindy Lazinski will be um, also speaking, but we're going to be doing lots of different presentations, so um, please reach out to me if you are in that area and would like more information. In the meantime, have a blessed week and don't forget to check out our memory chip, which is a tool uh, to help you shift from being task oriented to relationship based. And really what it focuses on is just teaching us to ask ourselves um, three simple things before every interaction with a loved one or a client. Are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? And when you do that, it will end up changing how you interact with somebody. It's, it's kind of amazing. So take care, and we will talk to you all soon. Thank you now. Bye. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.